Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jay here for Full Time Devils. This is the Full Time Devils podcast. I think we're up to episode 28 now, so we're going strong. We appreciate everyone for tuning in, listening, rating us on iTunes and all that good stuff that you guys do. It's much appreciated. Joining me today, we've got no Adam McCullough, by the way, but I'm stepping in and we've also got Webby. He's joining us, United Webby. Morning, good morning. Um, also making his, it's not your full-time Devils debut, is it? Really? It is really, yeah. Rick, I'll so, Rick yeah. the Red, anyone, that, anyone that's been Old Trafford over the past... I'll check carefully. All right, he's said it for me then. Well, not really the Reds. He's a prominent United fan who's been yeah, he's yeah. been all over the world watching the Reds and getting behind him. And make it's not your debut, is it as well? Yeah, it's my it debut. Is. Yeah. It's debut, the debut yeah. season. This is like the class of '92. This. Um, Join us. He's Ryan from Stratford Paddock. How are you? I'm all right. Cheers for having us here. Is Stephen Alston let you out for a bit? He has, yeah. How's he treating you? He's all right. You don't have to lie. No, no. He's <laughs> tell the truth. No, he's a good boss, honestly. He's fine. It's actually like the... Oh, he's room screaming them all. Yeah, <laughs> well, where's the milk? <laughs> <laughs> um, Webby and Rick were on Stephen Alston's podcast yesterday, so they're doing a little tour. Yeah. So, um, oh, if you, yeah, if you want to book him in, just <laughs> a couple of brews, that's all they need, and a bus pass. They'll come and sit in your living room and tell you uh, all about Manchester Put you straight. Yeah, put you straight. Put yeah, you straight. straight, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, right, we're going to get into it. First, we're going to talk about is um, the Arsenal game. Arsenal, obviously, United, Arsenal came to United last night at the time of recording. Um, it was Monday night, and we drew one all. Somebody with the opener, um, Bamiyang, or Bamiyang with an equaliser, quite controversial. Linesman flagged, a couple of players stopped. He scored, it counted. Um, Webby, I'll start with you. What did you make of Monday night's game? I just thought it was uh, two teams. What? I don't know. We wanted to win it more. I think Arsenal was happy with the point the way they set up. You know, for me, they took their best attacking player off. You know, they've not beat us at Old Trafford for years. But I heard some of the Arsenal fans comment saying it's probably one of the worst United teams seen. I think it's one of the worst Arsenal teams have seen. You know, and they spent a few quid. Didn't realise that Pepe was on until he went off. You know, when they spent a lot of money on him. Just disappointing because I thought we had enough chances to win the game. You know, their keepers made a couple of great saves. Uh, big game moving on to Sunday now you know it's a must win game simple as that 
it's a six pointer at Newcastle. You know, it's that, but it's we, we, we should have won. But Tommy's got a score to head on. You know, if he heads it down, it's a goal. Rashford's unlucky with a free kick, but it went having a little dink onto the other side. You know, the keeper can't move, then it was right in his side. So, points a point, but I'm disappointed. Rick, would you say that's a fair assessment to relatively average United Arsenal signs and a, a point was a fair result, or do you see it differently? I think a point was a fair result. I think we probably shaded it overall. Um, uh, something that, uh, not no disrespect, Webby, but I've heard lots of people say things say this before, that, that, that the way they set up, they were happy with a point. I think a lot of fans don't realise that sometimes when a, when a team's set up like that, they think that's their best way of winning. They, you know, their target is to stop you from scoring, and they know at some stage they're going to get a break. So, you know, I've heard, I've heard yeah. a thousand fans down the years say this, they're happy with a point here, they're settling for the point, they're playing for the point. They're not. They're playing to win, but that's the way they think they've got the best chance of winning. I get where you're coming from with that, with that yeah. tactic, and I do agree with you. Do you think though? The only reason I, I, cause I was guilty of saying they were happy with a point. I thought they seemed to do a little bit of time wasting, a little bit of play acting. It was almost I felt they. I don't know, they were doing a little bit more shit than I we were. I, with it. it sort I, of made me think they were happy with a point, whereas we were trying I get to your get point. Going. I get your point, Jay, but even when these teams are... Um, I remember as far back, probably Ryan won't, I remember as far back as, uh, as Greece winning the European Championship and throughout the tournament, they killed time and played for time throughout the tournament, just knowing that if they get one chance... And they ended up winning the European Championship. They didn't have an attacking thought in the mind. And they wasted time from minute one in virtually every game. They just know, these, these tacticians just know that if they can keep a clean sheet, which means killing time, by the way, they've got a chance, even if it's an injury time. I read um, a great article, if you get a chance to read it, I think it was in the Guardian or the Independent, about when Gerrard slipped, yeah. when Jose took Chelsea to Anfield. And there was all this momentum. Liverpool had won something like nine games on the spin. Everyone thought the title was on their on that way. And Josie had a depleted team because he had a game in Europe. I think he had, um, I can't remember who he had in goal. He had someone like Schwartz or someone in there. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and Schwartz was quoted, or whoever it was, keeper was quoted, as Jose said to them, if two of you would come in at half time, no, at least two of you have been booked for time wasting at half time, I'm going to be fuming. <laughs> he said, the first goal kick you get, I want you to wait. And then I want the left winger to wait, put his hand up and come and take it. Yeah. To like yeah. to take ages to get yeah. to the yeah. to the ball to take it. Right. I said I want you to waste it and like and he yeah. did and it worked because obviously Liverpool got frustrated, Gerard slipped, yeah. Yeah. Chelsea yeah. scored and we know what the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. Um Ryan, how do you see it? Do you think it was as as Rick said they, that was their tactics and fair enough? I think it was Webby said it was just too bang every size, or do you see it that United I agree agree with up? agree with both of what um what they've said. I think the main thing for me personally, I was coming out of the ground and I wasn't bored like I have been. The Rochdale game and the Starna game. Because so honestly, those two games were just absolutely bored out of my brains. The atmosphere was dead. There was nothing on the pitch to get you excited. At least last night, it wasn't good enough. But you're still coming out going, at least we played a bit. We did it like um, you just said there, we did get the chances. I think Tommy with a header. Rashford had a few. I think he hesitated. I think he's really low on confidence in the middle of Rashford. But I agree again. Shit Alzheimer in the first 10 minutes with time wasting their keeper um, but yeah the main thing it wasn't bored but it doesn't really change anything in the grand scheme of things um, I want to pick up on something you said about Marcus Rashford 
he was getting a lot of stick. He's been getting a lot of stick for about, I'd say, about at least a year. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, I've said this many a time, and I'll say it again. I'm a big Marcus Rashford fan. I think he gives his all, and I think. I think he will have a good career at Manchester United and I think if people forget how young he is and how many games he's played and all the rest of it and he's played when he's, he's injured. Where do you stand on Marcus Rashford? Because people are being very critical of him now and I'll, let, I'll go around and let you all get in on this. Um, we know that he had a, a, a sort of decent chance last night he sort of got caught under his feet I think a little bit which he's been accused of in the past. Yeah. Do you think he's good enough? Do you think he's he's, he's fit enough? How, how do, you, do you think he's a striker? How do you see it? I'll start with you, mate. I think the frustration with Rashford isn't just purely on him I think it's just a frustration at the team as well and I think a lot of the chances well, they're not even chances that he's had really they're not clear cut ones he's not exactly taking it around the keeper and missed it it's been half chances which he has hesitated at and I think a lot of the criticism is mainly online I don't think it's well not not where I'm sat in the ground anyway I don't think it's massively in the ground the criticism that he gets obviously you get the odd moan and groan but that's with any player I think it's mainly online um, in terms of whether I think he's good enough I don't know if he's an out-and-out number nine in terms of like a Ruud van Nistelrooy type striker. I don't think he's that. This season, I think we've seen the best of him out on the left and Marshall through the middle. Obviously, with the injuries that we've had, that hasn't been uh, possible just at the minute. So, my stance on Rashford is, at the day, like, he is a young player and people going about James being young guy. If he makes a mistake, it's all right. If Tuan Zabie makes a mistake, it's all right. I mean, they're the same age. That's not The only difference is with James is that he's been playing in the championship and it shouldn't really be an excuse for a professional footballer but I think Rashford like I agree with you I think he can go on and have a good career at United but the criticism it is a bit overboard most of the time uh, I'm waiting for this I, I, I'm <laughs> not a Rashford fan at all I'm not yeah some of the things I've heard Ollie say recently make, make me laugh if I'm honest like what, what yeah, I've, I've heard him say I've heard him say in an interview that, that we're working on his finishing in training. You know, Man United shouldn't be having a striker. Look, I know he's young. I know he's young. And I understand that he's not naturally a centre-forward. He's not naturally a guy who goes in and, get, and gets on the end of crosses. Um, for example, if I've, I've looked up loads of stats I do about all players. Um, he, scored, he scored a header on his debut at Old Trafford against Arsenal. You know, I know he's played plenty of games on the wing, but he's played plenty of games at centre forward as well. He's not scored with a header at Old Trafford in the league since since that header. In fact, I don't think he no. In fact, he hasn't scored a header at Old Trafford. He has he has done a couple away from home. He's not scored a header at Old Trafford since his debut against Arsenal in any competition. You've got to do better than that if you're going to play at centre forward. He doesn't. He just doesn't get across the centre centre half. He doesn't get to the near post. If he's at the back post, he needs loads of space. He, he can't beat somebody in the air. He just is not a centre forward for me. I'm not a Marcus Rashford. And you asked me what what Ollie said. He's actually stated that they they get him. They're working on him in training, trying to get him on the end of these chances. Man United should be should either have or buy a centre-forward who already does that, who naturally knows what to do. Somebody who can do that and get you 20-odd goals a season. I don't see Marcus ever getting us 20-odd goals a season. I just can't see it. Webby? Yeah, uh, obviously, like what both the lads said there, but for me, if he's in the team, he's, he's more effective on the left-hand side with Martial or whoever down the middle or just like 
I just don't see him scoring those goals. He, for me, he gets bullied by centre-halves. You know, last night there was a ball over the top and the centre-halves took the ball off him. He was lying on the floor, you know. And then he gets up and I'm thinking, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be you should be giving it him back, the, the big Greek lad he had at the back. You know, and it was nothing. In, and I just think, like you said, when he went through last night, I knew he wouldn't score. You know, he had time. if it's instinctive, then he might have a better chance. But he's got time to think. Then I think he gets all confused and he panics. Uh, can, I, can I bring up the one at <coughs> West Ham while you're on about that, Webby? Yeah. He, 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 I mean, he is better playing from the left, but he actually was... He, <coughs> I know he was playing at centre-forward at West Ham, but he got a chance in the first half. Was it the first half? It was the first half. Um, where, where he managed to nip, <coughs> nick it over the right-back's leg and he was in from the left, which yeah. is a good position for yeah. him. It's a great position for Anthony Marshall, by the way. Anthony Marshall comes in and, and rolls it under the keeper. You know, I've seen him do that loads of times. Rashford's not got quite the same coolness at times. He has done occasionally. But um, at West Ham, he seems to overrun the ball. I mean, I, I was at the game, but again, I've watched it you know, on the TV afterwards. And I heard the commentator say, oh, we decided to cut inside. Because yeah. the, the defender managed to get across him. <coughs> but the defender, in my opinion, managed to get across him because he overran the ball a little bit. Yeah. I don't think he actually decided to try and cut inside until he made a mistake himself. Yeah. If you look, you mentioned there, <coughs> something which is interesting, about Marcus Rashford cutting in. He's done it before. He's rolled it past the keeper. Mm. Against Liverpool, he did it twice. Against City in the derby, he did it. You know, these are massive games, and he did it mm. a, a few years ago. Yet now, it's not happening for him. And I just mm. wonder, wonder whether the weight of expectation on him now, he's played a lot of football and everyone expects him. And you can almost feel it, Webby was saying, when he went through on goal, mm. you, you almost expected him to miss. And sometimes, I think the crowd are not mm. on his case, but you can sense it in the stadium. I don't think anyone's on, it, on his case, to be honest, Jay. No, no, I think, yeah. I think that the pressure now with Lukaku going, there's more emphasis on him to do it all the time. And obviously... We know if Martial was playing, that he'd be more more left, and Martial would be down the middle. And I think that some people can handle the pressure. I just don't think that he can, and he's and it's affecting his game because we know that goals breed, breed confidence for centre forwards, and at the moment he's struggling. Whichever way you look at, <clears> and I'll keep going back to this. It seems to me there's a very been very poor planning around all this. We've 100%. got we've got as you've mentioned, Eric. <clears throat> Oli must know, he must know, if he's got a striker who he's having to work on his finishing with, mm. you can't only be relying on him for mm. goals, right? Mm. Romelu Lukaku, I was not a big fan, but his record was 42 goals in 96 games, I think. I'm sure Ryan, who knows his stats, will correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> which, he's almost one in two, right? Mm. And in Martial, you are a rate and get, can get goals, but again, he has his injury problems and you can't rely on him completely. Mm. And Mason Green was 17. So is this not, start with you Rick, is this not a, a question of why we look at the manager and say, I'm not saying all this nonsense, but should there not have been better planning than relying on someone who's so, with, even if we, I'm Marcus Rashford fan, I can see why there's question marks about him. Mm. Why then is he our main striker in September, in, well, no, just, just in October, in September? Why are we relying on someone who we can't be if, sure about? If I'm honest, Jay, it's an absolute disgrace. It is an absolute disgrace. I don't know... I'd love to think that these are not Ollie's decisions. And, you know, people are saying, I'm, I'm not Ollie out. I'd love, you know, until it happens, I'm not Ollie out. I want us to 
go to Alkmaar on Thursday night and win 4 0, and I want us to go to Newcastle on, on Sunday and win 2 0. And then I want everything to be hunky dory and keep going forward. I can't see it happening. I cannot see it happening. So, when you talk about planning, I, I, I spoke a little bit earlier about when you're building a team, don't get rid of so many players all at once. If, if you've got an half decent team, I know a lot of United fans will say we weren't half decent, we were 20 points behind. It's only 14, 16 months ago, the end of that season. We were second in the league. So, all right, we were 20 points behind City. At least we were the best of the rest. Do you know what I mean? So that team there is not too bad, no matter what anybody says. You know what I mean? Even by our standards, it's not too bad. So you've got you've got to break that down slowly but surely and bring players into it slowly but surely. Once you decimate that squad and bring and in my opinion, got rid of some really good players. I don't I don't know if Herrera had to go. Uh, I know that he wanted a lot of money, but we've we've spent. You know, we've we've. In my, I know people will disagree, but we've spent eighty million pound on Harry Maguire. I'm not convinced Harry Maguire is better than Chris Smalling. So, we've, what have we taken in for Chris Smalling? Two million quid or something? Hey, uh, look, even if I'm wrong, I'm not going to. I, I can't be miles out, and we shouldn't be giving eighty million quid for a centre back who might be marginally better than a centre back that we're letting go for two million quid. Uh, the, the way the way Chris Smalling gets criticised by United fans, you'd think that we've never kept a clean sheet with Chris Marlin in the team. You'd think that we've never won a trophy with Chris Marlin in the team. You'd think that we'd never won a match listening to some of them with Chris Marlin in the team. Smalling played an absolute blinder in Turin last season when we won in Turin. He played a blinder in Paris when we won in Paris. I don't understand the vitriol against Chris Smalling. I don't get it. Now, now then, that, that, we, we were talking about the striking situation. That 80, million, though, that 80 million quid, we could have... Raised Herrera as well. I don't know what he wanted Herrera. Maybe we wouldn't we wouldn't give him enough. I don't know. But there's players that have left that, that shouldn't have left, and the squad is now nowhere near as strong. Nowhere near. When he, I was looking at this the other day, and um, I think it was it was it in 2016. I might be wrong. Liverpool finished sixth or something like seventh or whatever. Um, and you look at that team that they had, and there's quite a lot of average players in it. The likes of. Um, Marino, um, I don't know, maybe Skirtle might have still been knocking around. Um, the goalkeeper wasn't Mignolet, I think, was in there. It was a, it was a, an average team. You had like Coutinho and yeah. you had Sturridge. When they got the, to the Europa Europa League final, yeah, but it wasn't that good. But then they started. One or two players came in. One or two players came out. Slowly but surely. And now you know the the, the we know we all know what they're doing. We don't need to go into all that. Do you see United? Think United need to do something similar and think a bit more long term and say like, look, this is a free plan. Or do you think because now people like Rick was saying about you know we're not we've sort of decimated the team, whatever. People are asking for five signings in January, which isn't going to happen. But people say we need to bring in loads of players in January. We need to bring in loads of players next summer. Or do you think we need to say right, let's do this two or three at a time. Let's do this over the next three or four years. Let's just face facts, how far behind and build. Or do you think we can do it quickly? No, you can't do it quickly. I mean, Liverpool's a prime example. When how far I think Klopp came in for two years and he still didn't really do anything. Like you've just said there, they slowly started adding to that team, and now it pains me to say at the top of the league and looking like best team in the country. Um, you can't rush these. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a process. Um, it is going to take long-term planning. I think I genuinely think people like Woodward, they do want to do it. I don't think it's a case of they don't care, but I just think he's that inept in trying to do anything like that and so far out of his depth that he just 
literally can't do it. So, oh, it's just depressing. I don't <laughs> and we get, you know, you mentioned Woodward there, because um, we've, we've, we've spoke about Ollie, we spoke about planning, we spoke about all the rest of it. Ed Woodward's name keeps coming up, and there's got to be a reason for it, aren't there, Rick? I'm not sure. I'm a, I'm a football man. I'm not a businessman. Um, I don't know. Like I say, I'm not sure who makes the decisions. But it, you know, if only if only wanted to get rid of the players that he wanted to get rid of, and if he wanted to buy the players that he's bought, I don't understand why the finger can be pointed at Ed Woodward. I don't get it. If you know, I, I want I want Man United to be the best team in the country. I want them to be the best team in the world. I love them with a passion, and uh, the decisions on the football side of it, I, to me, like seventy five percent of them are wrong. You know, and uh, I don't I don't know how that can be levelled at Ed Woodward. I really don't. Webby? Oof, don't get me going on I know what you're saying, <laughs> Nothing libelous. We, are, <laughs> we had to do a bit of editing last night when someone started going on around about Ed Woodward. No, you, what, what gets me about Woodward is that people say he brings all this money into the club, he does great and he's a sponsor here, but Christ's sake... He's got the Man United badge behind him. That's the biggest pull of going. Mm. I could go and sell something to someone else. to the Arabs. Yeah. You could because you've got the Man United badge behind mm. you. Mm. And he's bringing all this money and he's made all these rec record profits the other week. And, but surely, today's age, and now the director of football thinks, surely it's got to be a football man. I'll always remember one thing about Woodward. And it, it got me going. Uh, the Lions were playing over in the All Blacks. And it was one all, and I got up to watch it because it was one all, and there was no else on. Mm. It was seven o'clock in the morning. I put my telly on, and who's there in the middle of the crowd with a flag? Woodward. <laughs> the transfer window was open, Rick, and he's swanning about waving a scarf. And, it, and it's common knowledge he's a rugby man. So let's get a football man in, surely, who understands the game. Because, like you said, who's making the decision? Yeah. We haven't got a clue. Surely, we're letting Lukaku go. Every man knew that he was going. Now, some look. He, he certainly did the way he acted on social media. He burned his bridges yeah, yeah, before he'd even gone. Absolutely. Yeah, but the thing is, why have we not got a replacement in? We know he's going. Is that Woodward's fault? Is that Ollie's fault? No, it's Ollie's fault. And both, but surely, we bought Maguire on the Tuesday, give 80 million, and on a Saturday morning, we got 72 of it back. So, Maguire, so 8 million's been spent, hasn't it? Yeah. But for us not to get a centre forward in, and then it's, they're coming up again with that. The old man from Juventus. Christ, we, we've got to be looking better than that, haven't we? We're, 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 we're in, we're in so, I think we mentioned this yesterday, Webby. We're in such a state that almost any striker will do. Well, talk, we brought, at, at West Ham, we brought Jesse Lingard on. Yeah, we had Jesse Lingard <laughs> playing up top for, you know, for 20 minutes. I'm, I'm not sure that... Look, look, footballers play football, and in training, they interchange, they're playing different positions on one thing and another. I'm not sure that... Honestly, this is what I think of Jesse Lingard. I'm not sure that Phil Jones might not be a better option at centre forward. I really mean it. You know, what I mean, he's, he's that poor, and that's what we've got coming on at centre forward at West Ham away. See, I, I mean, again, I'm not just defending these lads, but I do mm -hmm. feel a bit sorry for him because I think, right, Jesse Lingard's not a centre forward, mm. so why is he playing centre forward? It's not mm. Jesse Lingard's fault. No, it's not his fault. It's not. <laughs> You know, if the manager says to him, you need to go up front because I've got no other strikers, what's he matter? He's not meant to say, you know, no, he can't I'm say not, no, he can't I'm say I'm not going no, on. I'm down in tools. Mm. So I get I get where, you know, I get what you're saying about mm. certain players out to the standard in that, those positions. 
But I think we've got to look above them and think, what is going on? Just before we get into that. So brought to you today by, or in association, as I say, with Profit Accumulator. Now, I'm just going to explain a little bit about that. Um, Profit Accumulator teach people like you and me um, how to make extra money using a strategy called match betting. Now, it's it's called match betting and it's like, if you do it right and the, the proper way, um, you do it correctly, you can't lose. And the best thing is you don't need any experience to get started. So since 2014, Profit Accumulator, they've helped over or they've had over 375,000 members. Um, they've got seven day a week support and they're rated excellent on Trustpilot because I know a lot of people go into Trustpilot to have a look there and they've got this, um, they've got an excellent uh, rating. Plus, and as an added bonus, all of the money you make is, is tax-free as well. So I think everyone agrees that's a, a good thing. So you get to keep it all. So just to go through as quickly how it works, let's say um, a well-known bookmaker like William Hill, Coral, William Hill, sorry, Coral or Labrooks or whatever, is offering a £50 bonus for new customers and existing customers. Now, you can bet 50 quid on a, a towing cost for the outcome to be heads and £50 on it to be tails. But you won't win any money on this, but you won't lose any either. However, you've now just made £50 from the sign-up bonus, so that's match betting. Um, so it sounds a little bit like, oh, you know, this is too good to true, but it's perfectly legal and it, it, it actually works. Um, if you look, have a sort of check on match betting, it's featured in The Guardian, The Sun. Um, not that we read The Sun, of course, don't buy The Sun. Um, the Telegraph, The Mail, again, I'm not really a big Mail fan, but the, the leading newspapers, shall we say. Um, so using Profit Accumulator, Accumulator, sorry, isn't like a guaranteed way to make you rich. Um, but members, profit accumulator members have made extra money each month. Um, and there's been there's been um members that have made over ten grand over an extended extended period of time. So they've they've done all right out of it. Um and the good thing about profit accumulator is you don't need lots of experience, you don't need any experience. They literally walk you through it all step by step with their video guides and tutorials. And they've got a great team there to help out on social media as well to give you any advice. So there's a zero obligation, free trial, see what all the fuss is about and earn yourself up to 45 quid in the process. So if you look in our description, there's a link there and it's www.profitaccumulator.co.uk forward slash full-time devils. Check it out. There's a, my brother and a few of his mates are into this. Just going back onto the subject of management of players coming in and players that coming out. You touched on it and we sort of brushed over it a little bit about Maguire coming in and the 80 million we spent on him. We also bought Aaron Wambasaka for 50 million. We also bought Daniel James for 15 million going up to 18 million. On the whole, just as an entire term, because one thing that Oli's been getting credit for is, is the players we brought in and that our three best players this season are arguably the three signings we've made. Do you think he's got it right in the signings he's made? I know you mentioned Harry Maguire, Rick, I'll start with you. On the whole, do you think his transfer business has been good so far, or do you think because of the Maguire thing, he's he's got a little bit to learn? When when I look at the uh, at what he spent, Dan, Dan James is an absolute gem. He's an absolute gem. Um, in fact, if I was to look at the three players, I would have thought Dan James was the eighty million pound player. Do you know what I mean? And uh, he, he he's he looks like he's got a great chance. That is, so there's a, there is a little bit of positivity. Um, Harry Maguire's look look. I've gone in a little bit on Harry Maguire. I think there's a bit of frustration on my part. In I just, I just don't think Chris Smalling is as bad as everybody said. So I don't think there was a necessity to buy him. Um, so I have gone in. A, he is a thoroughly decent centre back, but that's all he is. He's just a thoroughly decent Premier League centre back. Uh, 
I think 80 million quid we've been we've been absolutely found with the amount of money we've spent on him so uh, so in that respect no I don't think that's a good a good signing it'd have been a good signing if he was 30 odd million but I don't think he's a good signing at 80 million some fans would say to me um, what does it matter what we've spent on him the money's not ours you hear this don't you the money's not ours and you hear things like um, it's not his fault that that was the price tag that, that's all fine That might, that's true but if he was 30 odd million instead we've got another 50 million to spend on somebody else haven't we do you know what I mean so I don't think I don't think he's a good signing in that respect and I'm afraid the same with Wan-Bissaka as well I don't think he's a, I don't think he's I mean 50 million pound for the right back is a lot of money a lot of money. It's probably the second highest, perhaps. Is it? I think City. I think City, but didn't they spend a little bit more on um, Walker? I think he was a fortune. Kyle Walker, Mendy, Mendy as, well. as well. I think they yeah. did like a hundred and twenty million pound yeah. double yeah. swoop. Right. But I mean, I get where you're coming from. But one thing that I sort of want to pick up on as well with, yeah. I always go back, mate, to 2000. And you see, you mentioned when we finished behind City, we finished. 19 points behind City but we still finished second mm. City went out that summer and they bought Riyad Mahrez for 60 million quid mm. wrote their transfer fee yeah. record transfer fee mm-hmm. we went out we bought Fred for 50 mil we mm. bought Delo for 20 mil we bought Lee Grant now mm. those three signings were never going to catch or close the gap on a team that just finished 9 points above us we had the opportunity there to, to I think if we'd have gone out that summer and spent in the right way and spent mm. a little bit more we could have got closer to City we could have got been in the argument with them and Liverpool instead of it just mm. being about them two do you mm. think now though because we didn't that we are left to make these mad signings I'm not saying mad because I actually think wan and Maguire are good signings but I get where you're coming from do you think we are now in a position where we are going to have to spend lots of money on players that maybe aren't some of them are, may not be world class but they're, they're better than what we've got because we're so far behind we've left ourselves in that predicament It's a tough question. Um, That's why I'm asking so, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyone can join look, in. Look, it's if, not just if, for the, yeah. me and Rick. If, if you, if you really, really, really know your onions in football, there are bargains still to be found. There are bargains still to be found. So to answer your question bluntly, I don't actually think that you necessarily. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I don't think you necessarily need to go out and spend millions and millions and millions. Um, you, you're not going to find too many like this, but you might find one or two, maybe two. But, you know, I know we just mentioned Liverpool, but look what they're doing now. It pains me, one, but you've it got pains to be me, honest yeah, We're about talking them. about football, aren't yeah, we? Let's not be very one one of their top, top players for me, who absolutely class and hardly puts a foot wrong, is James Milner. They're going for nothing. It's not impossible. Right, I'll put this one to you, Ryan. Mm. Go on. It's, there's bargains out there, and I agree there yeah. are. You look at Leicester, for an example, of, of transfer policy, of getting in bargains and getting good money mm. from them and, and, and all the rest of it. And as we've already mentioned, the Scouts have had a couple of decent signings, like Robertson was pennies and, and Milner yeah. and free. <clears throat> Do you think, though, the fans, your young lad yourself, young match-going fan, will give players that... Perhaps didn't cost as much that are going to take a little bit of time to bed in. Because we can't all be like Daniel James and just come in and put a red shirt on and start putting in top performances all the time. Do you think the fans will be patient enough for that? If we did start shopping around the 20 million, 25 million mark, which is still a decent amount, but it's not the top end, and it took players a few months, do you think the fans would stomach that? Or do you think we'd be like, no, this the, these players aren't good enough, we're not spending enough money, you know, and there'd be uproar? How would you see that panning out if that was the case? I think it's... Uh... 
pretty much modern day football in a nutshell that everything's got to be immediate nowadays. I don't think people are, afford, are they're happy to sit there and wait and wait for something to build. Me personally, if we can go out and get another, I know you mentioned Dan James there, he's coming and done really well straight away, but if we can get a couple more players for that sort of practice, I'd be more than happy to just let them settle in. Obviously, introduce a few young lads from the academy as well. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Dortmund have come out and said they're going to struggle to keep hold of Jaden Sancho next summer as well. And but that is an area where we are weak on that right hand side. And if a player like that does become available, then I I do want to see us spend big bucks and bring him in. How much can we? T- Sorry, I'm going to ask you this question because it's something you know quite a lot about. How much can we rely on the youth? Do you think to come in? Because we're I think we're over relying on them at the minute a little bit. Like bringing Mason Greenwood with 18 minutes to try and get a winner when we haven't really got many other options. How much can we rely on some of these younger players? You've, you've been watching the 23s, yeah. you watch the academy. Yeah. Do you think there are players in the, in the academy team that are ready to make that step up? Definitely. You know, I watch him and uh, I think a lot of them now, I think this under 23s is no good for him. They need to go out and play in the men's game. Go out, send them out alone like we spoke the other day about Chong. You know, he needs to go out and play week in, week out against men because he was getting pushed off the ball against Rochdale and against the, that other mob the week before. You know, these players are are stealing this in in that under twenty threes. Do you need to go out and get a man's game? Go and get a few on loan to Salford or Crew or someone. Let them play and see. They are good enough. The kid Garner, good enough. You know, big, big massive year for. You know, if only we had some connection with Salford. If only there was somewhere there who <laughs> could maybe make that make broker that deal. Yeah, I know. You know what you're saying, Jay. But the, like you're saying, like Dylan has been in the Welsh. Set up, you know, Giggs is happy with him and all of play. And he's good enough, if you watch him week in, week out, he's good enough to make that step. You know, for me, I'd love to see, maybe it could have happened against Rochdale, like Garner and Dylan played as a pair in the doing the reserves week in, week out. And we would have won the game better than what we had that night in the middle of the pitch. But they need to get the chance. You know, whether it's at United now, I don't think so. But they need to get out on loan, get them up against men and let's see how they do. But there is... There's quite a few kids there who are good enough in my eyes. Well, let's just come back on two little things that have just been mentioned. Um, Chong, very quickly, um, he wasn't quite strong enough against against Rochdale or the Stan, and he yeah, got shoved off the ball name. far too e- far too easily. And he's, he's, <laughs> you forget the name, that yeah. other mob, that's his, his, his 19, Chong, is he? Yes. It wasn't until I watched the replay of the match, on the, obviously it was at the game, I watched the replay of the match on the TV and found out the player that he was playing against was 16. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't know that until I got home. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's one thing. Uh, but secondly, you mentioned earlier about uh, giving players who only cost 20 million uh, time to settle in. Um, I mean, plenty of players cost a lot more than that. Has Fred settled in yet? He was 60 million. Do you know what I mean? It's interesting you say that because he came on last night and the lad I was stood with. He said, he, I rate Fred. He said, I'm, I've got a lot of time for him. I think there's a player there. And I was saying, the jury's still out for me. It's for him. me. But I'm all right with that. I'm all right with giving a player a year. I know it's been longer than a year. But I don't mind. And I don't know if it's because we're no. not Ryan. Ryan President accepted. Because the company accepted. We've seen United mm. through that times. And we've seen us win a lot. So we might have a bit more patience in us some of those mm. older fans. And I class myself as an older fan. But yeah, I think that, like you mentioned there with Fred and, and maybe one or two of us, I just don't know if... They're gonna get the chance. Mm. Maybe not Fred, he's had a chance already, but they will get that time mm. because, as you mentioned, Ryan, modern fans and even modern owners and modern yeah, yeah. 
definitely CEOs or whatever demand instant success I'm just going to go on about Fred obviously played in Paris last year thought he was superb away played against Arsenal at the weekend uh, after Paris give the penalty away but was great then we didn't see him against Wolves he didn't want you in the squad he wasn't injured he'd left him out the, the chopping and changing the team that's it's been going on for 20 years drives me mad yeah. it drives me round the bend so you need settle on, to get settle four on a five, team six, settle on a team on a run and then we can make a judgement he's playing two missing five so you're talking about settling on a team <coughs> right? and <coughs> we spoke about Woodward and I'm, I can't stand it Woodward I think he's been a nightmare Rick you've given him a bit of leeway and understand where you're coming from but with Oli and his his management. One criticism I've all, and I'm not getting into. I'm not saying I'm all out at all. I think we need to back him and stick with him. Sometimes his in-game management baffles me a little bit. What he does during the game, how he tries to change it. I'm not. I'm not being really <coughs> impressed with it. I don't think he's ever. I don't know. Maybe I know in Paris he sort of forced to make a change when we. I think we have started off with three at the back, and we that was a disaster. Yeah, it was. It was shocking, and he changed it, but. I think a lot of the time the subs don't really it doesn't change the game game you want them to. I can't mm. remember, I might be wrong, I can't remember him many making many changes where all of a sudden things have sprung to life. And again last uh, on Monday night against Arsenal, brought Greenwood on with what, seventeen, eighteen minutes to go? He did it against was it Wolves where he brought him on with a few yeah. minutes and Matter yeah. with like four minutes and I just think I think that's one area that the, you need to the improve. The substitutions really late in the game uh, are a bit pointless, I think. I am I am a stickler for a couple of things about substitutes. I see, I see managers regularly making two substitutions at the same time. I hate that. I absolutely hate it. Uh, Why? You, well, well, you've only got three substitutes. Uh, first of all, um, if you if you use two of them, obviously you've only got one left. If, you know, if, if you well, come on, let's be honest. If you, if you make two subs, usually. There's more than 20 minutes left in the game, isn't there? It's not often to do it in the last 10 minutes or the last 15 look minutes. At, look at the Scousers last mm. season mm. against Liverpool. I know, mm. and it was like we made changes, then we had to because we yeah. had injuries. Yeah, we had then, to, yeah. But then it was like, oh, wow, we've only got three subs, and Marcus Rashford's hobbling around. So, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. where you're coming from there. Yeah, yeah. I hate, I hate him making two subs at the same time for the simple fact that, that general, look, look, if there's only five minutes left and you make two subs, that's fine. But. It's generally 20, 25 minutes, sometimes yeah. even half an hour before the end. And I just think leaving yourself with one substitute at that moment is ridiculous. You could you could end up with a player injured in two minutes <coughs> and you've not got a sub left then. So I don't like him making two subs at the same time. And I also, un unless, like in the times of uh, when we used to be in fronting games, um, when we used to be in fronting games, I don't mind well, them. What? So <laughs> we used to be in front. <laughs> Mate, do you know that champ? We, uh, we, what is it? We often score six, but we seldom score. The lad next to me was sing singing, we, we never score five. Uh, we never score six, and we seldom score two. I think he's... <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I don't mind a sub being used. You know, you're leading 1-0, you kill a bit of time, you bring somebody on for two minutes. But if you're actually chasing a game... Surely you've got to give somebody a little bit more time than two, three, four minutes, well, which you've done a few at, times. What do you, do you think? Ollie needs to look at that as one area of his game, and he needs yeah. to improve. Or maybe Mickey yeah, Phelan, yeah. who should know a bit more about him, yeah. playing with yeah. working with Fergie, you, he has to have a word with him. You just mentioned Greenwood, by the way. I think he got about was it seventeen minutes last night? Fifteen to seventeen minutes. 17 around minutes. That, yeah. Was it fifteen minutes plus injury around time? That, yeah. I don't think that's too bad. I don't think that's too bad for the young kid. I think there's just enough time there for him. To, it was enough time for Ollie. Do you know what I mean? 
Uh, I think there's enough time there for the kid to get one chance, and he did get one shot in. On, on another day, he hits that, that a bit better. See, this is where me. Do you know what I mean? Because I know what you're yeah, on about, yeah, and yeah, I said yeah. to Land Landon yeah. Cement, yeah. um, I think if he'd have been given more time, mm. he might have had a, another chance, so he might have been able to have one a bit of a sighter, and then he's get get his eye in. Mm. So I get, I get where you come. It's a difficult one with Greenwood because he's 17, and you can argue mm. to blue in the face, give him more time, give him less. He's a kid. I just mm. think in general, the subs for me. I've always been a bit meh. I think you should always be making at least one around the hour mark. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I think yeah, I think an hour into a game is a good time to see which way it's going. Obviously, the scoreline as well. But then an hour, hour in, you can sort of see right. He's having a bad game, can come off, or it's just simply just to freshen things up and just keep things ticking over as well. So one, we need to mention him because we've not, and you almost mentioned him a minute ago, and it reminded me. I can't believe we've not forty minutes in or whatever we've not mentioned him was Paul Pogba. Now, again, it's mad because if you went on social media, if you're on Twitter, Rick, but if you went on social media, I know you are on website, if you go on social media, it's like there's two different players people are talking about because I've seen tweets saying, what, another another great performance by Pogba, he's surrounded by garbage, he deserves better. And then I've seen other people saying, what a waste of money, Surely. what a load of rubbish, yeah. get rid of it. It's like, I can't, I can't fathom There's no it. middle ground, is yeah, there? Yeah, it's like you're either... You think Paul Pogba's the greatest player in the history of association football, or you think he's the worst? There's no like. I mean, I think he's inconsistent. I don't think that's a revelation. I just think I think he's a very talented player, arguably our best player. I just don't think he's consistent enough. But looking at it again last night, people are either going to say, you know, build a build a statue of him or get rid of him. What did you make of it? Because a minute ago you mentioned against Rochdale out. Ghana Ghana could have done a better job, and I was thinking. We saying that eighteen-year-old James Garner could have done a better job than an eighty-million-pound midfielder. In general, where do you sit on the Pogba situation? I just think that he slows us down. You know, we don't. We know what his talents are. We've seen that at Juventus and in the World Cup. But for me, he doesn't bring it out. He should be dominating games for United. He has got that talent, but he messes about with the ball. And, you know, I look. I hate saying this, but probably one of the best non-United midfield players I've seen was Patrick Vieira. Five yard passes in the feet. If we've got the ball, they don't score. He's hitting those pass and when they come off I mean that ball to Giggs in ninety nine was inch perfect, yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> but if they come off they look great, but how many times don't they come off? You know, and I ain't saying it again about Vieira. Just in the feet. You know, if we've got the ball and I'm passing to Rick, you can't score. And for me, you I thought it's strange Rochdale, you know, this was like I'm coming back and those respects to Rochdale, he should have been it was useless. He was, he was. He was poor. He was poor Rochdale. Rochdale. You know, he should be, he's a World Cup winner. He should be dominating, no disrespect to Rochdale again. But no good. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any disrespect to Rochdale to say but, that a World Cup winner should be playing well against him. <laughs> I think even the most ardent Rochdale fan would get that point that you're making. A World but, Cup but winner you, should be doing okay a bunch, a bunch of, uh, against a team that's for 17th in League One featuring a bunch of kids. I don't know if you made the point you said, Eric, about it's just like the Skulls, Beckham. Keane would have been injured and we play you made the point you said yeah, if, if, spot on point you celebrate what yeah, you're saying if, if, <coughs> if you turn the clock back a few years if we played Rochdale in the League Cup and say Scolzi had been out injured and, and now suddenly he's fit and he's fit for tonight but we've got Arsenal on Monday I don't think they'd be bringing Scholes in to the game against Rochdale. They'd just say, give it another four days. We're playing Arsenal. They keep fit. They're fit enough. They, all this rubbish about they need a warm-up game. They'll have a warm-up game in training. They don't need to play against Rochdale to warm up. So that's a lot of rubbish. Um, so why did he play against Rochdale? And 
I just don't. I, there's something not quite right for me. Do you think it was Ollie saying making a statement to him? Do you po- think maybe possibly I'm saying no, no, I know. <laughs> no, but I think maybe to, maybe to Pogba. <coughs> you know, I want you in this team. Yeah. I want you to go. Yeah. I don't care if it's watched though. You're playing because it's, I'm picking you. I don't know. I'm, I don't know I've got no idea. I'm the least no, ITK no. person ever. Mm. Unlike Ryan, who's got a, mm. a, a hotline straight to Ollie's office. Mm. What, Get him on the phone now. <laughs> yeah. Um, where do you stand on Paul Pogba? Do you think that he is a player we can build a team around, or do you think we have to? I think he, he needs to do more. Where, what do you What do you reckon? Uh, you said something early on, um, which I agree with you 100. percent He's probably our best player in terms of talent, but he is far too inconsistent. And in his defence, I think as a team we're far too inconsistent as well, which doesn't help. And I think <coughs> with Pogba, I think he's almost a luxury player. I think people have a misconception that he's a player that's going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and do something amazing. I mean, yeah, he is capable of creating something out of nothing but like I say I just think people are a bit misled into what type of player he actually is because I've never seen him bar the derby in Jose's last full season where he scored the two goals and basically brought us back bar that I've never really seen him take the game by the scruff of the neck he's always added the finishing touches on what's been a good performance me personally someone might disagree but that's just how I feel about Pogba and I do think some people get daft with defending him. I mean, people have their favourite players. I mean, people... I, I like Marshall. I'll defend Marshall to the hilt. Um, Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, with Pogba, you, I think it's almost too <coughs> too easy to criticise him sometimes, but that's just my stance on it. Just before... I mean, we're going to start wrapping up soon, but on the old Ollie out thing, it seems to be gaving a little bit... I don't know if momentum's the right word, rumblings of discontent mainly on social media. Granted, I think the fans at the ground are firmly behind him. He got a standing ovation from us in the Stratford and last night, um, Monday night, sorry. Um, do you think it's fair that he's getting some stick and that people are questioning him? I'll start with you, Ryan, because I can I can understand why someone looking out can see it from his record and, and say, right, OK, and what's going on. Yeah. Personally, I think it's nonsense. I think we need to stick with him. And it's not just because you know, he scored a goal in the... Champions League final but I think this boom and bust thing with managers needs to stop and I think we, if he is going to be given time he needs to be given time even when results are bad but where, where do you stand on it Ryan that, and then we'll go around you don't, I don't know what people want I mean we've tried big name managers Mourinho we tried big personalities Van Aal we tried to recreate Ferguson with Moyes and it didn't work we tried a new approach now and again people just we're almost moaning for the sake of, yes we haven't been great we're not playing great football but it's going to take time. And anything that's worth... Rome wasn't built in a day, basically. And it's got a... It's going to take... You've had a cliche, Ballard. I rang it then, but I get it. It's not that one. But again, it's going to... Some people said three years, five years. might even take ten, but we've got to stick with him. Because who else is going to come in? Because Pochettino, he's losing it at Spurs. Their record since everything went tits up for us. Tottenham's is worse. Rick, I, uh, I'm guessing, funnily enough, you might have an opinion on this. <laughs> well, um, I admire Ryan's um, optimism. Um, and I'd love to be as optimistic myself. But as I said earlier, you really, if you, when you go into a football team that's got just an half-decent team, you've got to break it down slowly. And he's, he's just, he's gone, to me, he's gone completely the wrong way about it. And now we're in such a position, 
if a new manager came in now, but if, if a different manager would have come in when Ollie came in, they might not have sold Fellaini, they might give her air of the money he wanted, they might not have sold Lukaku. Uh, who else has gone? Sanchez, Smalling. 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 I like Damien. I think Damien's a proper solid fullback. me. After him, I mentioned this the other day, that I think Damien's a proper decent player. And what I did, I keep all the games on, on the TV. Um, I, know he, I think he only played once under Ollie, and he played in the derby. And when, when he played in the derby, uh, we played like he played like as a third centre back, uh, which isn't his position. He's a right full back, and uh, I thought I'll watch that again. <coughs> and, I've, and I've started watching it. Obviously, Some you don't. form of masochism. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't got. Uh, fair, I, I, I do know. I do know that he got a bit of criticism that evening for being a little bit slow to get to Sane when Sane scored the second goal. But I like I like Damien, and all I've had time to watch so far is the first half, and I'm going to watch it through. And I've watched the first half of that game only like yesterday or the day before. He hasn't, he hasn't put a foot wrong yet, so I'm waiting to watch the second half. Do you know what I mean? I get where you come with Damien. I mean, personally, I don't think he was good enough, but I understand where you come from. I think one thing I think was he was on a hiding to nothing, getting brought in for his first game in months on the, in the derby. Yeah, it's not yeah. fair, is it? Like you know, you know, see that lad who's like breaking sprint records, Leo Sani. You mark him, yeah, yeah, even though you've not yeah. played since September last yeah, year. Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks, Ollie. Cheers for that. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then everyone threw him under the bus. Yeah. Um, Ollie, in or out? Definitely him, but I can just see some happening next season. I can just see that he's coming. He's he's got rid of ba- of the so-called bad apples in the team, who they wanted out, who may be causing a bit of unrest. <coughs> and I think he'll. I think that they'll get. I'm open wrong. I think they'll get someone in. Whoever that be, I don't know. I just who uh, don't, don't go on because we say this, <coughs> and you can almost see it coming with the manager at United. The managerial change when Moyes. When and then Giggsy did his little cut. You can see him going for someone like Van Al because they were an experienced man and he was available. You can see it coming. Mourinho, we did a video. We never do this on full sandals. We did a video outside Old Trafford, me and Alison talking about Mourinho being United manager before he'd been appointed because we knew it was going to happen. You know, we said like yeah. he's on his way. It's going to happen, yeah. and then we yeah. never do that because you can get it wrong. Yeah. We we were so confident. We're like it's a matter of time before he comes in, and a month later, despite us winning the FA Cup, he'd been brought in with Ollie. You can sort of see that, but who, who's the next one though? Well, the, the word, the word, what won't go away is Pochettino. Now, for me, what's he done? He's never won anything. That Spurs has got a great squad. They seem. To, I look at that Champions League final last year, lads, and they were there for the day out. They oh, wasn't there. Yeah, they, don't get me started on that. No, but they were there. They for were, the, it was a joke. It was a day out for them. They got to the final. They was waving the scarves to fans. But as soon as Liverpool scored that penalty, I turned it off. Because we knew Spurs, they bottled it. Now people keep saying he's a great manager. He's done this. He's done that. Don't want a bowl of soup, you know. So who is he out there? You keep mentioning the kid who was at UV. It's still Man United, but obviously whoever comes now, they're coming into a right mess. I don't think I don't think Pochettino has <coughs> done such a such a bad job at Spurs. I don't think they were. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think there were anything like regular top four finishers till he got the job. And I know they were up and down. They were under Red Knapp, they finished in the top four. I think to be yeah. fair, I think he got to the quarters of the Champions League under him as well. Yeah. They had, yeah, they had some issues, didn't they? Going back further, like with Martin Yol and Wande Ramos and all and, the rest of I know, it. So I know we want very to be up and down. I know we want to be better than just looking to finish in the top four, yeah. but it's stepping stones at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. 
at the minute if we could if, if somebody could say to me now bang we're going to be in the top four for the next five years in a row I'm sorry but I'd take it do you think that can happen under Ole maybe not this season but you think if he's given the backing in January the backing next summer do you see next season I know it's shocking that we're already talking about top four finishes next season it, I know that but do you think it, it can happen it can happen it, it, it's possible it is possible but anything's possible in football I think it's probably more possible if we had a different manager do you think he'll get forget about the social media side of things because that's not always a, a good fair assessment thing do you think the fans at the ground and the fans that in, the, in the stadium and whatnot will, will stay loyal to him yeah I think right right till the right till the last well minute. we do we managers yeah. we don't really have a go at them did we you no, know if you're looking for no. yeah, I always remember got a forest on that that mm. Sunday in the FA Cup and it was known as Fergie's funeral best away I've ever been in my life that mm. one in Forest mm. the 1-0 and we've never really had a goal managers and I don't think I think Solskjaer if people remember what he did as a player because he played for us as well I don't think like Nick said till the day he goes no one will be against him like in the ground you get the rumbles on social media but they're clowns who don't go clowns who sit behind the desk in the bedroom never been inside Old Trafford plant pots you know so mm. But well, do subscribe to Full Time Devils if you're uh, one of those fans who's unable to get to the ground. Your support is appreciated on the channel. Um, <laughs> there has been, though, even in the ground, though, with Moyes and with Van Al, there was a cut. I've, I've heard, of, you know, there was a bit of Jose Mourinho chanting when, when, when Van Al's dark days. There was, was, a, a, yeah, a, there was I know the playing banner was load of bollocks, so I'm not going to go into that. But Moyes, mm. yeah, there might not have been Moyes out chance, but. There was a lot of people screaming abuse towards that dugout yeah, when he was in charge. Come on! If you look at right, you look at United. All the last managers since Fergie, you want your top manager like your top players. You got to pay dough. All these managers have come for nothing. I think the first compensation was Solskjaer. Moyes was nothing. Van Gaal was nothing. And Mourinho was nothing. It was all out of work. Hmm. Says it all, doesn't it? But, I mean, there is a situation here where you could have Pochettino's very up and down at the minute. Spurs. He, he doesn't seem happy where he did come available, where that could tempt, and I'm not saying it should, could tempt Edward Wood and the Manchester United board to look at it and think we've got a manager here who has done a decent job at Spurs, is available. If things go wrong, do you think that could happen? I don't want it to, because I'm <coughs> like you, Rick, I think we should stay with the manager, but I'm talking from a sort of an objective point of view. I think Poch is almost... 99% off to Madrid at the end of this season. I can't see that season down lasting. Um, I think he's going to take a few at Tottenham with him. If you, if you listen to what's going on at Tottenham, that's not all on Poch. There's a few player fallouts and stuff like that. Reminds me of Mourinho at uh, um, United Poch at Spurs. The comments he's making. I'm not a manager, I'm a head coach. You yeah, know, these are the players yeah. that I've got. You know, I didn't ask for them sort of thing. Yeah. He's, you know, it's over here. But we're going to wrap it up. Before we do, we have Can a what? Sorry, go on, Rick. Can I add one little thing in about, about whether when, whether you're Ollie in or Ollie out? Yeah. This next little run of fixtures we've got, is it six away games out of the next seven and the home games Liverpool out of the seven? About off the top, yeah. But I, think, I think six of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about just in the league. I'm yeah, talking about in all... In all Altmar and Stein and, and, and all the yeah, rest. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Partizan, Newcastle. I think there's a reasonable chance that we might get one, maybe two wins out of the seven games, the way we're playing at the minute. Are you questioning our away record? You know, <laughs> so, Paris. So, and with the home game <laughs> being Liverpool, I said yesterday I'd take a nil-nil against Liverpool. Now, hands down, uh, I got you know I got I got slagged off for that basically because we got a win out of home games. But look, let's let's look at where we are and where they are. Um, so, 
I just think in another six or seven games, there might be a lot of people uh, changing their mind. Yes, we know that football can be a fickle mistress. Um, before we go, Wally of the Week. It's pretty self-explanatory. A person, a team, anything that you think has been a Wally this week. I'll set the ball rolling, and I am going to be that bitter guy who is going to say it. The linesman who flagged. Why did he flag that when he was five yards on the side? I've staggered him, on it? I don't get it. Why, why raise your flag? That was the worst flag I've seen at Old Trafford since Skulls and Portal. That's my wally of the week. Ryan, who's yours? I agree with you. Yeah. So the words right out of my mouth. Um, it's not even like it was close. It just ends any controversy. <laughs> you might, he probably would have scored anyway. Yeah. But it just ends the controversy, doesn't it, if you don't do that? I mean, I get... Then I, you're like, especially in the ground, everyone's like, what the fuck's all that about? What's going on there? Well, yeah, that like when Arsenal fans start cheering, you're there giving it the fucking big and throwing it back in the face, and then the whistle <coughs> goes, and then it's it's horrible, horrible yeah. feeling. Some of the decisions that you see are mind-boggling. I I was sat in the north stand yesterday, and uh, on the far side from me, Dan James was running the ball along the dead ball line. I was sat next to me mate, Big Terry, Webby knows him, uh, and uh, he tried to cross it, and it hit his standing leg and went out for a goal kick. And the ref gave a corner. Oh, the ref was shocking. Yeah, yeah so, so I'm giving the ref, I need a Wally of the Week. But Kevin Friend, I think I, it was. Now then, now then, I said to Terry, that that is it, his own standing leg, that, that's a goal kick, and I'm 70 yards away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how close the referee is, so I don't know how to go wrong. Okay, just add one more thing about that. Uh, from that corner, from that very corner, McTominay should have buried it. So this VAR, I hate this VAR because I know they can't turn it back on corners, but where does it end? I'd be I'd be proper aggrieved if... if 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 it was a clear goal kick given as a corner and then then he'd get a goal. Did the ref not blow his whistle as well when the flag went up? No, he didn't. No, if yeah. he had done, it would have been. I think people were saying that on the ground, but no one could. That was Chinese whispers, I think. I've, I've watched it on the TV this morning. Because right. if he does blow his whistle, then surely that's yeah. the end of that yeah. conversation. He had, he you can't get players to physically yeah. stop because you blow the whistle. Well, and it then. happened so quick. Yeah, it happened so quick, didn't it? Yeah, it was. Well, there's it two sides. Yeah. You should always play to the whistle. Mm. See, I was confused. I thought they kept the flank down even if they thought it was offside. They're supposed to. And then they go to VAR. Like, remember City against Spurs where they had the celebrations and yeah. all the rest of it? Because yeah. he flagged it up, so no one questioned it. But then someone was telling me the Champions League's different from the Premier League. I don't know. It's all. It's, it's worked against us once already this season. Um, Wolves away in the last couple of minutes. There's a ball slipped through the inside left, left channel to Marshall. Uh, again, I was at the game. Um, I couldn't tell exactly whether he was offside or not at the game, but I've watched it again. And he's clearly onside. The linesman puts his flag up, the referee blows. Now, he's got a man up against him, but Marshall actually got onto the ball. And you know how tricky Marshall is? He's got the ball at his feet in their penalty area with a couple of minutes to go. Do you know what I mean? And the flag goes up, and, and it's the liners. You know, we might have got a goal out of that if the line want to put his flag up. You never know. And we will never know. If you're offside now, you might as well just shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the off chance that it goes in. Unless, unless you're Robbie Van Persie in the new camp. You got sent off for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems a bit, I don't know, it's a bit like Brexit, VAR, in my opinion. It's causing more dramas than it was worth. It wasn't that bad before, if, we, uh, yeah, yeah. if we're being honest. Yeah. Right. Webby's is yours. Kevin Friend, was it yours? Yeah, absolute plug pot. <laughs> End of story. Stop sitting on the fence and tell me what you're thinking absolute. about. It's sick yeah, of it. If, you, if you look at all the game, there was, a, there was a period from about, say, 25 minutes to 40 where the game just went flat. Stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And that was him. Just neither stupid stopping the game. There was one point where he, he gave it, his, I think Dan James went Limmel, over. Phil Limmel's mate, best mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, I'm not, no, Phil. Right, yeah, let's not start, yeah, no, getting Phil's into, like yeah. Phil's Phil's like, yeah. Phil's 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 Personal things here. Um, 
But no, there was one point where I think Dan James got upended and Kevin Friend looked at the linesman, linesman didn't signal anything. And he seems to sort of look around like... Yeah, I know like, that. And they just gave a goal kick. And they're like looking to the gods for help. Like <laughs> yeah. there was going to be some sort of inspiration from above. <laughs> as United fans were screaming at him. Um, guys, it's been a really enjoyable podcast. It's been about an hour now. We've just... Yeah. Well, we've not even got down to the um, the nitty gritty of the Altmar game and the uh, mm. Newcastle game. But, you know, we, we always win away from home. So we're, we're, we're confident <laughs> about that. We don't need to go into all that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we have got... Um, a deal with Profit Accumulator, so go and check them out in the link. Uh, there's a link in the description, sorry, um, forward slash full-time devils. You can um, earn yourself some money. If you fancy a floater, you like to have a, a bet on the on football then or anything else, check them out because that's a really good offer there where you can sort of help yourself make some, make some money off your football knowledge. Um, guys, thanks for joining us. It's been Webby. It's been great to see you again, Shot as man. always. Rick? First of many appearances, I think this will be. Um, and Ryan, the same for you as well. With, uh, it's been great having you on. It's like, you know, different generations <laughs> there, different perspectives, I think we can say. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Check us out on Spotify, Audio Boom, iTunes. Give us a rating, give us a subscribe. Obviously, on YouTube as well, if you're watching. So don't forget to subscribe there. We've got some good, big interviews coming up. Talking about strikers coming in when we need a striker. The striker a few years ago came in, Mr. Henry Larson. We've got an interview with him coming up on the channel, oh, which he's God. really candid as well. He's really open. It's great stuff. Mac went over to Sweden to speak to him. Um, so that's coming up soon. We've got another big interview as well coming up. That's so I'll tell you about another time. So I've been Jay. These have been the guys. Thanks for watching and listening. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.